Good morning and welcome to the Pleasure for Health Ask Elsa Anything About Relationship and Intimacy Questions podcast. That's a long title for saying um, this is all about relationships and just my thoughts, my musings on that. And uh, you can take a look. I've got quite a few um, podcasts already recorded on all sorts of topics ranging um, around anything with partnership, relationship, self-awareness, pretty much everything has to do with relationships at some level. So I welcome you to today's topic where we're going to talk about self-esteem. And I've just been reading this book by Nathaniel Brandon, which I guess is a a classic on the topic of self-esteem. He wrote it in the 50s, I think. And you know, some things just don't change that much. He actually had a lot of wisdom even, um, you know, then, although we might think, oh, we've moved on from that. We still have a ways to go as far as becoming self-aware and becoming uh, masterful at building our own self-esteem. And why would we even want to do that? That's what we're going to dive into today. So if you want to find out more about me, please go to my website, pleasureforhealth.com. Um, take a look around. There's some interesting blog posts there as well. So <clears throat> the quote that I put in the in the write-up about this particular uh, episode was, self-esteem is an intimate experience. It resides in the core of our being. So that really drew me in, of course, because I'm very interested in intimate experiences. And I was like, wow, this is something I want to look into because having self-esteem is kind of a relational piece about ourself. You know, it's kind of, you could say it's similar to self-love or self-efficacy, you know, make, being able to make choices for ourselves, self-autonomy, all of these words that we throw around there and we realize they're important, but we're not actually sure what, what it means exactly, or how do we get there? So that's kind of what I was curious about. And the fact that it's an intimate experience means that maybe I can, you know, bridge some of that from my experience as a relationship coach and a sex coach around, um, you know, how, how this might get built up. So, so basically, when we we're, you know, looking at self esteem, we can look at our body wisdom. And so those of you who've listened to my podcast before, you know, I'm a somatic coach, which means I I deal with the body. So here's a really simple way of knowing, are we in touch with ourself or not? And basically relaxation, if you're relaxed in your physical body, it implies that we're not hiding from ourselves. We're not denying our feelings and we're not at war with who we are. That leads to relaxation, both in our chronic muscle tension or fascial tension, but also in our mental and emotional tension. We're not, um, you know, fighting ourselves like, oh, I should go to my cousin's wedding, but I don't really like my cousin. Should I go or not go? We all know those kinds of experiences and they make us tense. So the relaxation of just going, I don't, you know, I'll go to my cousin's wedding and I'm happy to go. And I know that I don't like them, that I've made a choice and therefore I'm moving forward. You can see how that becomes um, 
a self-esteem building choice. Now I'm aware of the fact that I don't like them. I'm aware of the fact that I have a choice about going or not. And I'm aware that I've made a choice. And then I'm going to just live into my choice and not not sit there and angst about have I made the right decision? Is it pro is it a good idea? Oh, maybe I shouldn't go because now I'm just going to, you know, cringe every time they talk. All of those things we just let go of. So, you know, we could just as easily say, I'm not going to go to my cousin's wedding because I don't like my cousin. Therefore, I see no need to go. And then you let go of any kind of family obligation or anything that would, um, you know, kind of eat away at your 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 relaxation, uh, you know, uh, effect. So chronic tension then on the opposite side would imply some form of internal split some form of self-avoidance, or even a self-repudiation. Some aspect of the self is being disowned or being held on a very tight leash. That kind of leads to tension. We're disowning some part of ourself. We're not acknowledging something. You know, whether that's the fact that you don't like sitting at a computer eight hours a day, if that's your job, and some part of you is, is um, fighting that, or you don't you know you you find it stressful to talk to your mother for whatever reason and after a phone call you're you've got a headache and your shoulders are up around your ears that kind of tension you could just you know look at your body and go well do i have chronic tension anywhere and begin to unravel what that has to do with you know many people have tension let's say in your lower back is that around something to do with bending over backwards for people? Is it something that you feel unsupported? Are you not supporting your own self somehow? Are you over supporting other people? You know, all of these kinds of things that our body points out. And we could go into that in another podcast, how that, that language of our body actually speaks to us. But the point is, is that the, the very simple test of saying, am I relaxed or do I have tension? would already point to, you know, am I having some kind of split in myself or not? And if we have a split in ourself, we are going down the road of degrading or, you know, eating away at our self-esteem because self-esteem would assume that you're worthy and you have something to, you know, kind of stand for and you have values and you know what those are and that you, um, you stand for what you say, all of those things, which wouldn't, wouldn't let you stay in that place of indecision. It would say, well, do you, you know, here's the pros and cons, make a choice and let's move on. And you know, you can see some people do have that kind of ability to just kind of barrel forward and they may not necessarily be someone with whom you'd say they have great self-esteem. They seem to just kind of bulldoze over everything. And I would say that that's not necessarily what we're aiming for. It is possible to have a kind of pseudo self-esteem that is built on success or outward success or, or that kind of thing. But somewhere in their core, they're disconnected from empathy or compassion, that kind of thing. So, you know, I'm not talking about just the people that can make decisions quickly and not care. This isn't about a not caring. This is about a caring very much. And this is why I really love that self-esteem is an intimate experience. 
you know, intimacy requires vulnerability. It requires a knowing of ourselves. It requires a, an ability to um, put ourselves in another person's position and, and really feel into that. But, it, but if we live more to avoid this pain than to experience joy, and if we feel the crucial aspects of reality with which we must deal are hopelessly closed to our understanding, if we face the key components of life with a basis of helplessness, or if reality is the enemy of our self-esteem, we are cut off at the knees. These are powerful words that were, you know, in this book uh, around self-esteem. You know, if reality is the enemy of our self-esteem, then we are really cut off at the knees. And, you know, if, if we are facing a reality that, that is, we don't want to face, then really we have cut ourselves off from ourselves as well. And I can speak to that. And I have done in this podcast before with relationships. If you are, you know, uh, in a relationship with someone and you're denying what is actually there in the relationship or what is not there and you stay in that relationship, you are basically degrading or, or whittling away at your self-esteem by staying in that relationship. If you're not being honest with yourself and your partner or whatever, then, you know, your self-esteem goes down and down and down because you're at war with your own self. Some part of you knows this isn't working and yet you're still there. And so I'm not even advocating that every time something feels wrong, we need to leave our partner. But what I'm advocating for is to face reality and go from a basis of where am I right now? And you can hear this, actually, I've listened to lots of business uh, coaches talk about this kind of thing, like, or life coaches, you know, where am I right now? Where do I want to get to? Like, let's be honest, you know, if I if my business or, you know, my life or my relationship is on the rocks right now, then let's get really honest about that. And then if I want a good relationship, let's get really honest about that. Do I actually want that? And then let's like, look at that honestly. And when even just doing that much will already build your self-esteem because now you're intimately knowing yourself. You're saying, yeah, you know what? This relationship I'm in right now is working for me on the level of comfort. You know, my partner makes good money. We have a great house. You know, I don't have to work, but there's no, um, there's no intimate connection. There's no kind of, I'm not getting my needs met sexually or relationally. He's like a stranger to me or whatever. So you, you know, get really honest about that. And then you can look at it if, if the reality is, you know what, I like my comfortable house and I like the, the fact that I don't have to work, then make the choice fully and completely that you are happy in that situation. You, you know, you might have to let go of your relational needs with that person anyway, um, or negotiate some other way to, to um, have your needs met. But if you continually kind of fight against it, like, I wish the person would change. I wish he would know what I was really feeling. I wish he would bring me flowers. I wish he would like be more thoughtful. If you're, if you're denying the reality of what is right now, then, you know, this wishful thinking is basically going to be you at war with each other. And then you're going to feel your self-esteem slipping down further and further as you're like, well, maybe I'm not worthy of 
someone, you know, paying attention to me. Maybe there's something wrong with me that he doesn't want to be intimate or vulnerable or, you know, make time to hang out with me or all those things. It starts eroding our self-esteem. So you can see how, you know, making a choice. And I've known people that have made a choice to stay in a relationship like that. And they have great self-esteem because they know exactly why they're there. And they've, you know, created friendships or created, you know, um, hobbies or whatever that fulfill their needs. Or maybe they don't have that many uh, intimate needs either. And they're quite happy in that relationship. Therefore, it's great. But for some of someone who's not happy, if you're finding that you're at odds with yourself, you know, I go back to that tension thing. If you're at odds with yourself about something, it is degrading your self-esteem. And if you degrade your self-esteem, you are making choices from a place of low self-esteem, which I guarantee is not going to be a good choice because now you're making reasons and stories why, how, you know, why things are the way they are. And you, you start blaming yourself and you're starting to make a choice around from a place of fear or from a place of low self-esteem, from a place of, you know, um, undeveloped self-esteem where you're just motivated by, well, I'm afraid to leave because I don't know how to make my own money or I don't know if I could hold down a job or whatever the thing is. But now you're, you're making choices for you and your life out of fear. And I guarantee that if you make, if you live from fear, that it is not going to build your self-esteem. What builds self-esteem is having confidence and having um, a motivation. So if you are motivated by confidence and great self-esteem and you're like, you know, I have really awesome skills and I know I could get a job tomorrow and let me go do that and, you know, or uh, look into that, find something that really fulfills me, then you're going to make a choice from that, that place of confidence. That's going to offer very different aspects. You're going to pick a different partner you're going to find, you know, you're going to be spending your time doing something you love because you're confident. And, you know, people, I mean, here's one thing that is absolutely true. We are always attracted to people who have a similar self-esteem to us. So that's one secret way to know where is my self-esteem at the moment. And notice who, who are your comrades in life right now? Partners, comrades, friends. Would you say they have good self-esteem or do, would you say they're lacking in self-esteem and you're all trying to bolster each other up in kind of a false way? Because many friend groups um, do that. And, you know, when I work with women, particularly in my coaching programs around, you know, rebuilding self-esteem after emotional abuse, often I say to them, you know, as we do this work, your friend circle is going to change. Some of your friends that were hanging out because you had low self-esteem and so did they are going to fall away as you build your self-esteem and confidence. They're not going to resonate with you anymore. They're going to be like, you know, why are you changing? Why are you being stupid? La, 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 la. And they're going to they're going to try to talk you out of it. But if you keep on your path, you'll find that those people fall away because they no longer resonate with you. So it's a great it's a great thing to notice who is being attracted to you. Who do you hang out with and what sort of level of self-esteem would you say they have? Because, you know, that's a mirror for yourself. 
And you'll notice that people with great self-esteem have a great circle of friends and they all seem to be, you know, having this wonderful time. And you're like, why can't I be part of that group? And you might even go along to, you know, the coffee or the more the activity, but you just can't seem to jive with them. You're like, oh, these people are just not my people. Well, that may not be true. That may just mean they have a different level of self-esteem. So that's something to consider. And it's uh, potentially like humbling to notice, but you know, it's a good way of measurement. I've had a couple of women that as their self-esteem starts to grow, they've, they've managed to attract slightly higher self-esteem partners or friends. And you know, that's progress. And I say to them, you know, you might not be quite at the level you would love to be at yet, but you are making progress and these people are less needy and less um you know depressed or anxious than your friends were a year or two ago because a mind doesn't struggle for something it thinks or feels is impossible so we you know if we feel that it's impossible for us to get anywhere we don't even try and so self-confidence self-efficacy self-autonomy self-esteem the confidence to imagine something better for ourselves, imagine what we want and actually work for it, um, you know, gets our mind on board and gets our body on board. And we actually can do amazing things. And I don't mean that we all have to become, you know, prime minister or we or, you know, some great uh, famous person. No, it means do great things for you, yourself and for the people close to you or for the environment around you. It doesn't have to be um, big things, but it will be an integrity. It will have integrity, it will have love, and it will have a confidence that helps that move through all of the fear-based choices that people are making these days. Be out of a undeveloped sense of self-esteem, I would say, as well. Um, the tragedy of many people's lives is that they look for self-esteem in every direction, except within themselves and so they fail in their search people look for self-esteem in their you know getting a bigger house getting the right friends getting the right job moving to the right city you know all of these things they're looking outside themselves and they will fail in their search for self-esteem it will probably actually make them feel worse because they won't actually be getting any more confidence in their in the in themselves at all so then it's like the only thing that they can come up with is there must be something wrong with me because i'm not succeeding in these things so we have to raise our level of consciousness and um and notice what our own experience is how do we do that raising your level of consciousness and finding out who you actually are and what are your strengths and weaknesses and what do you need to work on um, within yourself is is kind of a lost art, I would say. And I'm so passionate about getting people doing this work again, doing this consciousness work, you know, not just the, you know, uh, meditating and just kind of zoning out, but real hard, grindy consciousness work. Who are you like? listen to your body and really understand your emotions and learn to think for yourself. This comes from a place of confidence and building this type of intimate connection with yourself is what I am very passionate and love to work with. So we learn about who we are as a person, what we relate to, what do we care about? You know, this is a question I ask a lot of people that study with me, you know, what is it that you care about? What is your heart? longing for right now 
you know, and, and don't make it about anyone else's longing. Oh, I want my partner to be happy. Oh, I, you know, my friends said, you know, this particular kind of work is the, the up and coming thing. So I care about that. No, what do you care about? And, you know, really dig deep with that. What, it, what gets your, your emotions and your body and your mind all excited? How can we integrate all of those longings? Um, so yeah, basically, how do we look at ourselves? Are we, are we coming from this place of insecurity, this place of anxiety, or are we coming from this place of self-esteem and raising our level of consciousness that we can helps us build our self-esteem and building our self-esteem helps us to find intimacy with ourselves, with our loved ones, with the world. And you can imagine that as we build this um, capacity for intimacy, we can no longer turn our backs on things like the environment or turn our backs on, um, you know, other type, other groups of people. Because when we're intimately connected to ourself, that is impossible to deny that, that there's pain in the world. And I'm not saying we'll ever get rid of pain, but we will no longer be able to deny that it exists or to, you know, um, kind of walk blindly around uh, oblivious to everything else but our own self in sort of a victim mode. We'll, we will be really present and in integrity and we will feel what is going on. And, and that could feel overwhelming to us at the moment. But as you build self-esteem, you know that that's not your fault necessarily, or you take responsibility for your part in it, but you are not you're not the only one, you know, you're not like, oh, it's all my fault. No, it's, it's all of us together that need to raise our self-esteem or enough of us so that we can actually have some e efficacy in dealing with this and not just either come up from a place of fear and say, oh my God, and like nobody go do this thing. Cause you know, that's these choices that are coming out of fear are not building our, our collective self-esteem or our individual self-esteem. What really builds that is saying, you know what, I have a responsibility here and so does, so do we all. Let's work together. Let's find a way to, to, to move forward together and let's stay present, stay present. And that is where the boundaries comes into this, because if we're not present to our boundary to the edge of who we are and where we interact with the world around us we're not present to that place of intimate sharing and if we're not present to that intimate sharing then you could argue that we aren't we aren't conscious we aren't aware and we're you know some kind of fear or dissociation running away or fighting or what all of those those responses that we might do are pulling us away from actually intimately living in connection with everything. So that's kind of a big ending, isn't it? But I really loved the idea that that self-esteem could be the thing that we're actually all longing for. You know, self-esteem is something that we actually would help all of us to make better choices. So I leave you with that thought today uh, on this Tuesday, and I just would love to hear your comments on this or, or any thoughts that came up for you. Again, if you're interested in working with me, um, I have a number of different levels of that 
you know, from online courses uh, that you do at your own pace to working with me one-on-one -on -one, to coming to my retreat center and actually having an in-depth experience over a number of days personally. So out of all of those types of choices, please do, um, you know, consider that, look at my website, have a thought, because I am so passionate about, um, you know, doing this. And with every person that I interact with, I actually learn more about myself too. So thank you all for listening. And I look forward to having you uh, on my podcast and on the other end of the, of the ether somewhere uh, the next time we go live, hopefully next week.